0: i Winkler, and I'm here with Episode 10 of the Simply Convivial Audio Blog. Hey! This is the Simply Convivial Audio Blog, short but meaty-focused sessions to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschool mom. Convivial, if broken down to the Latin parts, means with life, and that's what we want for our homeschools, isn't it? Convivial is about the atmosphere of our homes and homeschools. It points us to a life lived abundantly, bursting at the seams, with all the mess and recovery that that entails. Simply, on the other hand, reminds us to put first things first and not complicate living or learning. Just do it together. Simply Convivial. We claim the label classical for our homeschool because all the great pre-modern educators remind us that education is about growing in wisdom, not increasing our earning potential those reminders about how to grow in wisdom have been remarkably consistent until Darwinism captured the West's imagination. Read widely, discuss, and do the right thing. We all want some variation on that theme, whatever label we choose. So let's gear up and keep our priorities straight. Let's do it! In Season 2, I'm going through an old series based off my first reading of the teaching classic, The Seven Laws of Teaching by John Milton Gregory. I called this series The Seven Laws of Teaching Your Own and worked through adapting his classroom examples to homeschool examples, focusing on the principles that apply to learning across the board. You can visit simplyconvivial.com audio to download a summary sheet of The Seven Laws and find each episode as they're released, as well as the original series. And now, The Meat. The Seven Laws of Teaching Your Own, Law 4, The Law of the Lesson. One thing that John Milton Gregory says in The Seven Laws of Teaching is that the work of education, contrary to the common understanding, is much more the work of the pupil than of the teacher. Gregory's goal for a teacher is neatly contained in this paragraph from the introduction. The teacher with these principles clearly in view will observe more easily and estimate more intelligently the real progress of his pupils. He will not be content with a dry daily drill which keeps his pupils at work as in a treadmill, nor will he be satisfied with cramming their minds with useless facts and names. He will carefully note both sides of his pupil's education and will direct his labors and adapt his lessons wisely and skillfully to secure both the ends in view. Let's hear what he has to say so that we can grow in wisdom and skill. Law number 4. The Law of the Lesson The truth to be taught must be learned through truth already known. Gregory begins with a defense of his position that children possess the innate ability to think, which I will simply assume and not summarize. If you aren't sure if your children are able to think, then you'll just have to read this chapter yourself. He writes, the law of the lesson has its reason in the nature of the mind and in the nature of human knowledge. First, the nature of the mind. The mind connects thoughts through graded steps and linked facts. Each mastered idea is equipment with which to continue on in fresh advance. Second, the nature of human knowledge. Knowledge is organized and connected inherently. It is not simple and independent, loose facts. Each fact leads to and explains the new. The old reveals the new. The new confirms and corrects the old. So in teaching, our goal is to lead the student by such gradual steps that the student, quote, who has mastered one lesson, knows half the next. He writes, it is a serious error to keep the studies of the pupils too long on familiar ground under the assumed necessity for thoroughness. Only deeper understanding, new lessons, should be sought when covering old material. Yet, he says, you must also have mastery of the old before you can proceed to the new. Quote, Imperfect understanding at any point clouds the whole process. Of course, we must also keep in mind that mastery is a relative thing, for no man actually possesses true and complete mastery of any subject or skill. So what we are seeking is wisdom in our own particular situations, with our own particular children. The best way to teach new through the old is through metaphor, for all figures of speech are but so many attempts to read the unknown through the known. Metaphors are attempts to flash light from the old upon the new. Each person tends to use objects and language and concepts from his own vocation as his metaphor flashlight, as his familiar key to unlock or grasp the mysteries of that which is unfamiliar. Be aware of this and try to use metaphors of the children's world and not of worlds that they do not know. Here again is the law of the language. The difficulty in answering children's questions lies not in the complexity of the question or the answer, but in the children's lack of experience and vocabulary upon which to draw an explanation. Gregory writes, oftentimes, past acquisitions are considered goods stored away instead of instruments for further use. So whatever they have learned previously, we can use as tools to help them learn what is next. Applications to the Homeschool This is a law that demands once again that we pay attention to our own children and our own situation, not applying a one-size-fits-all system and not simply moving briskly through material heedless of our children's comprehension or ability. The child's learning matters more than getting through a book in a certain amount of time. It will take attention and thought and wisdom. To determine what each child needs when. Is he ready to move on to the next math lesson? Should I continue with the drill? Does he need more of a challenge or more review or a break or a new approach? There are never easy answers to these questions. This law is more about insisting that we recognize these questions and deal with them than about giving easy answers to our particular circumstances. It is a reminder of the way we can explain things anything, to our children. We can't just begin speaking about something that they have no concept of and expect them to catch on. We need to begin by making a connection that they already have, and then leading them out from that place into the new place, the next place on the itinerary. Rules drawn from the law of the lesson. First, start by finding out what they know already about the subject at hand. Here again, we have the student doing the speaking. Second, value the student's knowledge and experience so that they will value it. We value their knowledge and experience by asking them about it and by confirming and affirming it. Third, a clear statement freshens knowledge. This is an essential tactic. The best sort of clear statement as we learned from the law of the language, is that made by the student himself. So, narrating is not only the best way to end a lesson, but the best way to begin a lesson as well. Fourth, begin with the easily familiar. Begin where you are absolutely positive they are perfectly comfortable and lead them out from there. Fifth, relate as much as possible to previous lessons and experiences. Or, better yet, get the students to do this themselves. Remember, they should be doing quite a bit of the talking. Sixth, arrange the progression of the lessons so that it is easy and natural. Or, for us, choose books and materials that are already arranged in this way for us. Seventh, proportion steps and lengths of lessons to the frame of your student. You have to know and teach individuals as individuals. One size never fits all. Eighth, use illustrations from common objects. Again, the mother has a teaching advantage here because she knows what is common to her children. Ninth, lead students to create illustrations of their own. This can be narrating again, making connections verbally, Or we could even take this quite literally and have them illustrate the lesson artistically. Tenth, entrench each new idea or principle so firmly that it is useful for further progression. Every step of knowledge truly gained will become a tool useful in gaining more knowledge. Eleventh, have students use the knowledge they possess to solve problems which are unknowns. This seems tricky to think up on the spot or generate ourselves. A little planning might be helpful for this step, as well as choosing materials that have such application problems already created for us. Twelfth, make every advance clear and familiar. And again, it is by the narrations that we know what things are clear and familiar to them. Thirteenth, Choose problems from the students' own lives, if at all possible. Again, an advantage of homeschooling if we will seize it. Don't confine the learning and its use to school hours. Draw from it and encourage them to see it whenever possible throughout the entire day. And again, this necessitates paying attention. I'm sorry. Fourteenth, the process you use to teach and communicate is training your students how to think themselves. We want them to learn to be reflective, so we have to make them reflect and give them the time and the space to reflect. Violations of the Law of the Lesson Gregory writes, It is not unusual for teachers to set their pupils to studying new lessons or even new subjects for which they are inadequately prepared or Not prepared at all. First, neglect entirely to ascertain the pupil's equipment with which he will work upon the subject at hand. That is, we violate this law when we don't check beforehand to make sure that a student has all the supplies and concepts that he needs to complete his lesson. Second, fail to connect new lessons with the old in such a way that the students see the connection and can use the connection. To understand the new material. How we begin our lessons matters quite a bit. Third, elementary facts and definitions are often not made thoroughly familiar. Telling children something once is never adequate. We must be always reviewing the material that they need to know to go further on in their studies. Fourth, assign exercises too long or too difficult or not allow adequate time so that mastery is impossible. We must remember our own students' abilities as we give them work to do, and not frustrate them or cause them to stumble. Fifth, fail to place the students in the position of discoverers. We should be leading the way, not pulling and pushing. As Gregory writes, as a consequence of these and other violations of the law, much teaching is poor and its benefits, if any, are fleeting. Instead of a related whole, a concept with one purpose, the Bible or any area of knowledge is viewed as scattered parts. It is never seen as a connected whole as it should be. Let us help our children see the relationships and interconnectedness of all God has created all areas of knowledge, rather than simply help them get the right answers. And now it's time for the Simple Sanity Saver, a homeschool audit. The next section in the homeschool audit guide is an audit of your schedule. There are prompts here in the free guide to look at the overall schedule of your year, of your week, and of your day. The prompts also attempt to help you learn from the past and make adjustments to your schedule based on what you have learned about yourself and your kids and how you all work. There is no one ideal schedule. The best schedule is the one that happens, not the one that's done by lunch or starts at 8. As you put together your daily and weekly schedule, shape it according to your own needs and not your imaginary ideal. Are you allotting enough time for your work? Are you planning on lessons taking a certain amount of time because that's the ideal? Or because that's actually how long it takes you and your kids? Your schedule has to be realistic and take into account the whiny toddler, the diaper changes, and the broken washing machine. Always budget plenty of extra time or you will always be scrambling. To work through your own homeschool audit with all the prompts and some practical processing and application ideas, Go to simplyconvivial.com slash audio for the free homeschool audit guide. Thank you for listening to the Simply Convivial audio blog. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. This helps the iTunes algorithm know that it should share it with others looking for homeschool inspiration. And if you haven't already, head on over to simplyconvivial.com slash audio for links to the latest episodes, the homeschool audit download, and to sign up to get the show notes by email every week. Remember, education is repentance. Repent, rejoice, repeat.